1: This episode of my daily meetings, if you haven't heard by now, we open up our very honest, open and daily meetings that we have to run this company because we're not affected by anything of the economic, the current economic disruption. And I'm just opening it up to the public. So that will be something in show notes where you can get to the public meetings if you want to attend and ask questions for yourself as well. But we're talking about focusing only on prosperity. And I'm, I'm trying to, this, this episode actually happened May 6th, Well, um, it's just a week away, so you're going to hear it a week away. But I'm telling my team to make sure that they focus on what is ahead, on all the things that are only prosperity. The fight isn't against me, the fight isn't against anything else. The fight is always and will forever be for prosperity. Period, point blank. So, hopefully, you enjoy this, and let's go.
2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Secret to Success Podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest who is going to definitely give you some secrets to success. We have Miss Susie Carter here with us today. She is the she is the profit coach. So, Miss Susie thank you so much for joining us today I am now going to give you the floor so you can tell us all about you and who you are and what it is that you do thank
3: you I appreciate it well first I'm a serial entrepreneur like I love starting businesses building businesses selling businesses and that really came from a need right I think I was a single mom raising two babies and kind of mixing money <laughs> and you know didn't know how to do that and just devoured content went into the bookstores and i built um, five multi-million dollar companies. And my last business that I built was over dollars. And so I don't have, I'm not an expert at, like don't have a formal education, but I do have my PhD, which is my public passport diploma. <laughs> so I always say, if I can do it, anyone can do it. You just need to know what to do, how to do it, and what steps to do it. Awesome, thank
2: you so much. Now, so I wanna let all of those others out there, if you heard her correctly, she has a PhD, public high school diploma, so you don't have to have the degree to build multi-million dollar businesses. <laughs>
3: you are not, right? And we are, women are the best networkers. 40% of small businesses are owned by women today. We are taking charge and coming up, It's very exciting. All right, ladies. Yes. This is the time. This time in history, we've never had more power, more authority, more access to money, right? Autonomy with each other. So I think this is the time. And for, even if they are starting a side hustle, right? To really leverage taxes and save save more of that, you know, W-2 money. You want to own a small business of some kind, somehow, no matter how small you start, but it can grow to millions. Follow my structure and I will teach you to grow to millions.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Speaking of structures, you have the predictable success method. Can you tell us about that? Yes, yeah, so I am
3: a creative, and so I'm a butterfly, right? Squirrel, sparkle. <laughs> and so I, for myself, I needed to create a structure. How do I build a business? How do I create profit? How do I make the money that I want to make? And so I created this 10-step process to really look at, follow these 10 things, and you too can build a more $10 million business, right? It takes commitment, it takes dedication, it takes focus, but again, if I can do it, you can do it. There's no reason, especially in our country, we're blessed that we have the ability to be able to start a business, launch a business, monetize that business, and have the write-offs and the advantages we do. And women-owned businesses, and the caveat, minority-owned women-owned businesses, there's so much more opportunity now than ever before in history. So this is our time. This is our season to be able to
2: leverage, grow, expand, and make a profound difference. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. So it says here that you, you um, have 20 years experience. Well, 20 year, excuse me, a 20-year track record that mm-hmm. includes building two $10 million companies. What initially started you into becoming the profit coach? Where did, where did Susie Carter Profit Coach begin?
3: Love it. Well, my vocation is I'm a, I was a hairdresser and I did a quarter of a million dollars a year as a hairdresser. The average hairdresser makes $30,000 a year. And it took me probably about 10 years to really realize what a unicorn I was. That was not the norm. That was a complete anomaly. And I wanted to get back to my industry. I wanted to show people like you have to do this business thing because 15% of our financial success is based on our technical ability. The other 85% is everything that I focus on and teach You have to be good at your 15%. I have to be an amazing speaker. I have to be an amazing coach, right? But the 85% with the system structure, laying it out, dedicated sales time, managing your finances, putting together a strong marketing plan or, you know, or other people doing it, but we have to put those things in place inside your business. So I really learned to systematize what it is I was doing. We have systems for everything. Systems for how we cook. Systems for how we clean. Systems for how we take care of our children. Men have systems, you know, how we drive a car. There's a system of how we do it. There, you drive on this side if you live in this country. You drive on this side if you live in that country. Where the steering wheel is, right? We live inside of systems, and people tend to resist systems. But systems give me ease. Give me structure. They give me freedom. And so, I, when I work with my clients to have exponential growth, what systems do we need to put in place? What's the highest income-producing activity only you can do? And let's learn how to monetize that, right? Quit doing the minutiae, quit doing the time waster stuff. Let's focus on the things that are going to make us now money now. So I started entrepreneurship just as a need to want to serve my community, build my community. And then I was speaking at this millionaires conference. I got invited to speak. They weren't in the beauty industry. They were outside of the beauty industry. And people would come up to me and say, will you teach me? I'm like, I don't know anything about your business. Like I'm creating graphic design, right? Doctors, attorneys—I'm like, I know nothing about that. And mind you, that conversation you have in your head that you're not good enough—you know, my PhD doctors are wanting me to coach them in their business. I'm like, they're gonna find out. I don't know. <laughs> and so I kept saying, no, 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 no. And then finally, they quit. They 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 couldn't stop asking. So I'm like, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna double my feet. I'm gonna double my feet. Then they're gonna say no. Well, you know what? I doubled my feet. They did not say no. They said yes. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> So that's where entrepreneurship came in, you know, always been an entrepreneur, but in the general market. And that's where I focus on now is entrepreneurs, you know, building from my sweet spot is between 10,000 to 10 million. After 10 million, I refer them to somebody else. But I think that's a good payday if we can build your business to 10 million. Yes.
2: I agree. I agree very much. So out of every business that you have helped within that 85%, how many businesses have either no system in place or the very minimum system in place, but it's just not enough?
3: Well, unfortunately,
2: 80% of small businesses
3: fail in the first five years. And it's not because they weren't good at their vocation. It's because they didn't have the systems. So that's saying 20% of the business succeed. Okay, so out of the 20% of the business, here's another scary stat. Out of 20% that are succeeding, 80% of those businesses aren't even paying themselves a paycheck that they would get working for somebody else. So then you look at that percentage and you're like, wow, that is such a small percentage of people who are even paying themselves. So my passion, my goal is let's, let's do a wake-up call. Well, how do we make, there's only 1.7% of entrepreneurs in the country today that are hitting that million-dollar status. 1.7%. To me, that's ridiculous right? It's because we just don't know, right? We don't even know what we don't even know. I just became a student of it because I was a single mom raising children. I had no alimony, no child support. I didn't have a choice. I had to figure this thing out in order to feed my babies, right? In order to pay my mortgage, in order to pay my car payment, in order to buy my shoes and jewelry. I like those things. (laughs) So I had to figure it out. And so instead of you trying to figure it out, Again, I've put systems in place. I just wrote a new book called Power Your Profits, and it's the system of building a multi-million dollar business. The reality is every day we go to work, we're building a business. And so you're building it to keep or you're building it to sell. I want you to go into this conversation thinking, someday I'm gonna sell my business. So if you're gonna sell your business, how do you take you out of the business? What do we need to put in place so the business can run without you? If the business can run without you, you truly have a business, right? So it's, it takes time, right? It takes thought process. It takes working on your business versus being a technician in your business. It takes commitment to a bigger game and a bigger vision. So I I know that's a long-winded answer, but when you look at the landscape, I want to be in the 1% club. I
2: don't know about you,
3: right? (laughs) That's Uh, my
2: goal. I agree with you. I would, I agree with you 100%. I want to be the one percent club too. Yes. <laughs> so there, there's a key word that you said in there that I would love for you to break down to our audience so they understand the difference. When you say, "want to," you don't want to be a, just a technician in your business. Can you break that down to those who may not understand exactly what you mean by that?
3: Yes. Perfect. So whatever your vocation is, if you're a doctor, that's the technician. So again, even a doctor, 15% of their success, because we've all had doctors that have horrible bedside management. Didn't matter what great doctor they were, they were so rude to you that you're like, I will never go back to them. Okay, that would be the technician side, you know, him not managing the 85% side, because they still have to have positive reviews, right? When you look at a graphic designer, when you sit down to design something, create something, that's when you're being a technician. As a speaker, when I'm speaking on a stage, I'm being the technician in my business, right? The other 85% is me looking at my marketing campaigns, my drip campaigns, my follow-up systems, my profit and loss, my pricing strategy. If I spend more time over there, that'll give me make me more effective while I'm being the technician. So an auto, if you own an auto mechanic store and you happen to be one of the providers and one of the person service members, you're being the technician the minute you go under a car. Look under a hood. If I'm checking out a customer, that might seem like business. No, now you're being the cashier, right? That's a fifteen to seventeen dollar an hour job. That doesn't make any sense for me for that person to do that job. So we want to look at what's the highest income-producing activity you as the owner can do. I have to speak, speaking is part of my revenue stream, but that's not the best. Uh, that's not everything that I do inside my business. That's a small sliver of my business so that I can leverage everything else in my business. For me, being a speaker is part of my marketing channel, right? I think every entrepreneur that wants to build a business has to be a speaker because now we're talking to 50 people at once versus one person, one person,
2: one person, one person. Thank you. Thank you so much for for breaking that down to us. So when it comes to the other in the 85% of your business that you have to do for those who are entrepreneurs who only go into it thinking about being the technician, but not being the business itself. What, what information or what advice do you have for them when it comes to that 85% until they are able to get the systems in place and to get it rolling? What, what advice would you give to them about the 85%? Perfect. So I want us to realize
3: that you're already working in a a system, even if it's dysfunctional. (laughs) You avoiding paying your bills is a system, (laughs) right? You not answering your emails is a system, right? You not putting a marketing campaign together is a system. It's avoidance, that's your system, right? So I want you to see that we have to start now. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. In the beginning of all my businesses, I was the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, right? So I did it all. And cleaning the toilets and, you know, doing the laundry, like everything that needed to be done to get the job done. So what you want to start with as an entrepreneur is the first thing we need to start with is a business plan. And I know people have said that in the past and we, we all resist it, but the business plan gets all those ideas out of your head and puts them on paper. So when it is time to do marketing, you don't get distracted by the sparkle because there's so many opportunities that come to me in my business that if I wasn't really clear, on what my intentionality is, what my goals is, I could just get distracted to go, oh, I'm gonna go do that, that'll be fun, that might be a business opportunity. But a lot of those don't pan out. So when you have your business plan, your business plan has you look at your mission, your vision, who am I, who's my ideal client? But more importantly, Diana, who's my qualified ideal client? Look, at Facebook's changed the game because Facebook has gives a lot of fans. Fans aren't qualified customers. Qualified customers are the people that pay you. Fans are the people that support you and go, yay, they push the like button. I don't care how many likes I have. What I want is how many customers are saying yes, how many customers I'm transforming their life to, how many customers are stepping in. So don't get it twisted But I need you know, 100,000 fans. Well, who cares if nobody's buying? That doesn't make any, I'd rather have 10 people buying than 100,000 people pushing a like button. <laughs> so the first thing you do is put your business plan together. Second thing you do, is you put your financial forecast together. How much money do you need to create? How much money do you need to create and how many units do you need to sell? So what I mean by that is, if I wanna create a million dollar business, then I have to to sell $83,333 each month. So if I need to sell $83,333 a month, how many things do I need to sell, right? So I have a $30,000 program that I sell, I have a twenty-eight dollar book that I sell. So when I look at the units are going to be different. I might close five of the thirty thousand, and I might close fifty of the twenty-eight dollars. So you need to look at. You want to measure dollars, and you want to measure units. In my experience of coaching entrepreneurs, you're either good at one or the other. You're the good at looking. I can sell ten things. Great, go sell ten things. The ten things will get us the number. Some people get overwhelmed. Like eighty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars and thirty-three cents. I can't do that. Can you sell 10 things? I can sell 10 things, but go sell 10 things. Whatever makes sense for you. Like I've taken all these complicated financial things and simplified them because for me, for the longest time, math wasn't fun. It was scary. I did horrible. Mr. Cyberson's in 10th grade said, don't get a job that has math in it. Like, well, first of all, no job is going to put the alphabet in my math equation. (laughs) Like why are you throwing A's and X's and Z's in the math equation? (laughs) Why? Why? <laughs> I don't use that anywhere in my business right now. <laughs> Nobody's putting a Z in there. <laughs> so I wanted to make it simple. So entrepreneurs really, I made them for myself and then people would say, you know, I would say, well, how did you figure that out? And I'd show my spreadsheet there. Oh my God, that's amazing. I'm like, I know, cause I needed to figure it out for me. So most of what I put together was for me first and then my clients wanted it. And so, You know, my goal is just, let's make it easy, right? We're going to work hard in a lot of areas. We don't have to beat ourselves up. I want to give you turnkey solutions that will help you get the quickest result. Because we're entrepreneurs, we need to get an ROI, which is a return on investment. We need to I need some money in to pay that overhead that you have. Once we have the finance together, then we go, great. Where are the people going to, where are they hanging out that can afford? I need you to circle, underline, highlight, afford my service right because you there's so many entrepreneurs that love what they do and they're contributing and they're serving but they're serving the wrong clientele they can't afford them they can't afford to pay for them, them. and they're like my clients won't pay that good we'll go find new clients right that's what you want to do is go find the clients that can afford you so that's the where the marketing plan comes in the marketing plan comes in and says oh they're at associations right they're at networking groups they're at chamber meetings right they're at these speaking events. There are these high-level mastermind groups. I'm in a mastermind group today. I just closed a huge client because I'm telling him, sharing my strategies. Now I paid to be in the mastermind. He's paid to be in the mastermind, but now he's looking at me going, "Wow, what you have is delicious." I know it's pretty juicy because right? I'm the money. My job is fun and easy for me, but really hard for other people. Once you have your marketing, you figured out where you're going to get those people and in. It's really important that we figure out who that ideal client is, how much money they make. Are they men? Are they women? Are they married? Are they not married? What's their home? What's the combined income? How much free cash flow do they have each month? When you know that information, then you start, you just go shopping to where those clients are hanging out. For me, Diana, one of the most important things to me is I have to love and adore working with you. Like this is a relationship and I'm, all money's not good money. I've spent years coaching the wrong people, working with the wrong people who just resist me and don't take coaching and they're not doing the homework. I ain't got time for that. Nobody's got time for that. Go find people that love and adore you, want to work with you and bonus, they pay you what you're worth. <laughs> Please. <laughs> right? And the third process is sales. So once I go find these people, how do I close them? What do I say to close them? What's the strategy? What systems do I need to put in place to close them, right? Those those are the important foundational, how am I gonna collect money, right? What's my cancellation fee? Those things are incredibly important because we can start creating money, right? But if we don't know how to have the conversation, I have several clients that are really great and, and I find entrepreneurs in this way, they're really good startup people, like they can go get people really excited, but they never ask for the sale. I used to hate sales. I want to say this. I want to just tell on myself, I hated sales. Hated, hated, hated. Girl, it would be, I would be, I'd have to get all my energy up just to call one person. Then I'd call them and I'd have to take a nap. It just wiped me out. I spun myself out so bad, but I kept at it because I knew I had to figure this out. Right. We are the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. So I know, Mm -hmm. you I don't care if you don't like it. You got to do it. Yeah. Right. If, as a mom or a man, there's things in your life you don't like doing, I don't like cleaning, but I gotta do it, right? <laughs> I don't like vacuuming, but the dog hair is in the corner, gotta clean it up. So there's things we don't like to do and we do them anyways. And as a business person, when I look at the priorities, you gotta master this priority or go work for somebody else, right? Cause that's the option. Either do it and do it full out or go work for somebody else, but just don't not do it. That's why 88% of small businesses aren't making money. Right, and they're failing is because they don't want to do it. I'm sorry, suck it up, cupcake. Let's get this done. Follow the system. (laughs) And then the last piece is operation. So, once somebody comes into your business, how are you communicating? How are you talking to them? You know, what are the touch points? What do they need to hear from you? Are you doing a phone call touching them? Is somebody else doing a phone call touching them? We want to look at client fulfillment as the retention tool, right? I'd spent years getting people in my business. But then the retention tools, like they were in, they bought something. I'm like, okay, great, they bought it. Let me get to the next. Wait a minute, our customers. You have a 90% chance to upsell that client or upservice that client that's already in your database. Let's work smart. Let's really look at what else could I serve, not sell, serve my clients. So when I'm thinking of service, then it takes the pressure off of you, takes the pressure off the client. That's the found, That's the other 85%.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much for the breakdown that because starting a business, we, like I said, we always go in thinking, Ooh, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. The, as yeah. we call it, the shiny things, yes. <laughs> we get caught up in the shiny, sparkly things and we forget about the other aspects of it. Right. And, and one of the, big one of the biggest things, um, uh, and it, Antonio had to help me through this. Cause I was just like, you sales. I tell people all the time, I don't like sales. Mm. I'm not a salesperson I don't want to be on the phone don't do that but once Antonio explained to me you're literally having a conversation with this person right you're finding he we do what we call dig deep you're finding out who actually who is this person who are they they shouldn't be just a dollar sign to you find out more about them because what you have they may not need but you may have something that can serve them yeah talk to them find out who they are find out what their needs are what are their goals or passions what are they struggling with because if you if you don't want to be if you don't desire to be a public speaker or a professional speaker and i'm saying yeah you know we have a speaking program and they're like yeah i don't want that i just want to focus on my business if you never spoke to them about that to find out what they're passionate about then you're you're going to instantly lose the sale right So in my personal journey, I've learned that the, like you said, we, we amp them up, we get them excited, but we never ask for the sale is because you never really actually found out who that person was.
3: Right. I had a breakthrough in sales when I really started looking at my job is to educate the client on what it is, why they need it and how they implement it. That's my job. That's your job, right? If that, whatever our business is, whatever our specialty is, now I 150% believe in everything that I do and I know you do as well, right? So that's the difference between selling and serving is 100% I'm walking my talk, the tongue in my mouth and my tongue in my shoe are going in the same direction. So our job is to educate, the client's job is to choose. So it's, you know, putting this buffet up and going, great, would you like to get started? Would you like to take advantage of it? Are you ready to get started? So when you have those questions, it allows the person to go, well, I am ready to get started, right? <laughs> and then if they're not ready to get started, great. What do you need to do to get started? What do you need to do to make a decision? Because I see based on what you said, this is the best thing for you. This is my recommendation. Powerful closing technique. Powerful, powerful, powerful. We have a whole system in chapter, I believe, seven of the book that takes a customer from here, like being in the chaos, to getting them to a powerful yes or a powerful no in 10 minutes. No more hour discovery calls. No more hour sales calls. No, get them out of chaos into the yes or the no. Because there's going to be people that right now is not a good time. That's okay. If you're a good salesperson for every five people you talk to, one will say yes. So you're going to get four no's to one yes. If you're a newbie, you're going to have 10 conversations to one yes. So when you look at it, it's just averages. And to go, I haven't even had 10 conversations today. If you're not having 10 conversations every day, you're not making any money. Gonna have 10 conversations today to get to the yes to pay your bills to live a life that you love. Like it's a system, like it's in my calendar. I have time to serve and connect. So in my calendar, it doesn't say sales time because nobody wants to do sales. I want to do sales, but I do want to serve and connect. Right? So in my sales time, it says creating wealth strategies for my clients. That's what it says. Because if you take on my programs, I'm gonna help you create wealth strategies in your business. It's not about selling right? Who doesn't want that? Everybody wants that. Now, my job is to figure out how can you afford that? (laughs) Let me show you how you're
2: going to pay for that.
3: That make sense? Yes. So delicious.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So there was, there was something that you mentioned earlier in, in working with Antonio, um, it's something that we all learn here too. You, uh, you mentioned personal development. Yes. How important is personal development to the entrepreneur and the profits that they bring in for their business? That's such a great question. Because I think most people think they don't need it, right? They're like, oh, I got that handled.
3: But I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a wrench in that thinking. Your net worth will only go as high as your self-worth. Mm. Your net worth will only go as high as your self-worth. So we call it the um, UPL which is your upper limit conversation, or ULP, right, upper limit conversation. So if I look at that, there's, we all have a threshold. For some people, it's $100,000. That's their goal. When I remember when I first started a business, I just wanted to do 100 grand. Now, I didn't know what I would do with 100 grand <laughs> if I got it, but that was my first goal, right? And But I, I had to work through what does that mean, right? What does it mean for my family? What does it mean to my community? There's a lot of people worry about, will they leave their friends? Will, will their family not like, and it sounds crazy, but a lot of people get jealous. So we keep ourselves playing small. So one, you have to be aware, what's my upper limit conversation, right? If I say a million dollars and that doesn't excite you, it scares you, there's an upper limit conversation. If I say 10 million and that scares you, there's an upper limit conversation. If I say 50 million and it scares you, Right. So whatever that number is, we all have a number we're comfortable with or the deservability of it. So, you know, I have several different coaches. So I have three financial coaches, right? So one's a tax strategy, one's an investment strategy, and one's my, um, my executive bonus strategies, right? So three financial people, I have one business coach, I have a PR coach, a marketing coach, and I have a personal development coach, AKA therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so I know that my I have to work on my mindset because as I start entering a level, working with a higher level of client, I have to make sure that I can go toe to toe, nose to nose. Right, I have to make sure that I'm comfortable in those conversations. And the only way you're gonna do that is one, you've gotta get coaching around that, support around that. Two is you gotta keep putting yourself in that situation. I'm in this group, Yana. That it, you have to qualify to be in this group, so you have to turn in your PNLs, turn in certified accounting, and it's seven, eight, nine-figure women, right? And the first time I went, you know, I sent in my my number, sent in everything. They approved me to come. I came. I was a little nervous, right? These are the big girls in the industry, right? They're the they're the movers and shakers. They're playing. I'm the little fish. I'm the minnow in this group, right? These women are playing huge and ginormous, and I'm playing huge and ginormous. But I noticed myself getting intimidated. And I'm not a quiet person. I've learned to just speak up and say, my mind. I found myself kind of shrinking and I had to check myself because if you're in business meetings and you're shrinking, you're not going to get to sell. If you're in business meetings and you don't say what you need to say or ask, this is the big one, ask for what you need. We as women don't know how to ask for what we need. We have a tendency to play smaller. We have a tendency to shut down. We have a tendency to give somebody else the floor. And the reality is that's all personal development. That's all self-esteem, right? That's all, am I worthy? Right? We don't charge what we're worth, men and women, because we have that not good enough conversation. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not, you know, light enough. I'm not dark enough. Whatever the enough is, we all have the enough, right? So you have to understand what's my enough that's running me in my business. So I have, I'm not good enough. That one runs me. But I flip the switch. It also works for me because I'm going to work harder than anybody else. Right. I'm going to do better than the best. And if I did not work on my personal development, I would work myself. I would beat myself up because it's never enough. Right. So you want to understand what's my enough. What's what's the thing that runs me? Identify it. get coaching around it. Right. A really good coach will tell you what you don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. An exceptional coach will show you what you don't want to see Mm -hmm. so that you could be the person you knew that you could be. A good coach, it's not about ego. A good coach, it's not about putting you down. A good coach is about raising you up, holding you accountable, and making sure you're getting stuff done.
2: Wow. You definitely touched on a lot of things that I know a lot of entrepreneurs deal with. When I first started my business, it was the, you're not good enough, you don't know enough. Yes, And when people started asking questions, it was like, oh, wait, they're gonna, like you said, they're they're gonna find out. (laughs) It's like they're gonna find out, I don't know. And it's the, but it's also, like you said, it's also equal to your net worth is equal to your self worth. Yes. And so, and before any of us are actually able to even work on a certain level with Antonio, we have to go through personal development, we have to go through leadership coaching because. He understands there's a certain mindset that we have to fight through before you can even get to this level because of the, the, I don't know, or anything like that. Like I tell, um, I just recently started telling people, you know, he, not only am I Antonio's executive assistant, but he also made me all of the company. And I tell people all the time, you say you have a PhD. I tell people all the time. Yeah, I, I, I have a GED, you know, but I'm the right. COO. And I'm the CEO of the company now, and I put in the work. I did the personal development, but it took a lot to get there. And it's a consistency. You have to consistently work on it. You know, like you said, when you get into a room with the big players, like you said, <laughs> and you consider yourself a the middle, it's like, oh, you, you get to that point, you know. So thank you so much for sharing with us, for, you know, being Transparent and sharing with us, because I believe a a lot of entrepreneurs, when we get to a certain level, we literally pause our companies because of how we think about ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, the, I don't know enough, I'm not worthy, I I don't have what I need, and we miss out on a lot of huge opportunities because we put that energy out there, and people, people catch that energy, and you miss your biggest opportunity because of how you feel about yourself yes so thank you so very much for putting that out there for us
3: yeah oh you you mentioned you know antonio is a powerful leader right just based on what you said if you listen to what diana said was he he doesn't make you he invites <laughs> you right but he, he makes you if you want to stay here you want to play here you got to work on yourself right. right so when i look at that because your company will only grow as your weakest link So I do the same thing with my organization. Most of the time people, I outgrow them because we're growing at accelerated rate. So if whoever is the weakest link in your company, even if they are a virtual assistant, even if they, you know, it's a virtual team, you're only as good as your weak link because somebody won't either follow the billing or they won't charge the right fee or, you know, they'll disrespect the company in somehow, some manner because their limitation, their own personal limitation can't play as big as the founder or the owner. So it's incredibly important as you grow, your team has to grow because they will hold you back. Not on purpose. Nobody's doing it on purpose. It's all unconscious and all, um, you know, self-sabotage, but no one's doing it right. Even your own sabotage, you know, that's why they call it denial. Cause you don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so when it comes to that point, when you're an entrepreneur, how we, we just talked about it, but I want you, Miss Susie, to just be straightforward with the audience. How important is it to know when to let go? Everybody take a deep breath with me <laughs> as an
3: entrepreneur. That's the hardest one, right? So the first person I always hire is my operations person. So in any company that I've started, usually I start as the technician, right? Right now. I'm the speaker, I'm the trainer, I'm the technician. So the first person I have to hire is a you, right? That COO, that operations, because you're gonna get things done. It can't bottleneck with me. And my COO, my operations person has complete autonomy with me, right? So they know my values, they know who I am, right? We're they're, We're working in complete harmony and synergy. So day one, you have to let go, right? With your business plan is really clear, it's easier to let go because you've laid out your three to five years and then people coming in can do their job. Listen, if you hire someone and I have to tell you how to do your job, one of us isn't needed. Like if you hire me as a coach, you don't have to tell me how to coach you. You don't have to tell me what your business needs. I look at what your business needs and then I tell you what to do inside of your business. Now you have to take action. But, you know, it's like if I brought you in as my COO and I'm telling you what to do, well, then you're not really qualified to be my COO. You should be telling me what to do. You should be saying, we need to put this in place, this in place, this in place, right? To really maximize your gifts and your talents. What I find that we do as leaders is we don't let you shine, right? We're competing. We're competing with you. I can do it. I don't care that I can do it. I can do it too. I can do everything my online business manager does. I don't want to do it. I'm doing other things. So it's really, if you're going to bring people on, bring exceptional people on, I always pay people more, right? I want to find better talent, pay more because I get more. Don't be cheap, right? You're trying to be cheap, trying to grow a multi-million dollar business. No, you're, you get what you pay for. We all know that, right? With shoes and clothes, right? A nicer quality piece of clothing. Here's a great example. I'm on the West Coast. It's raining right now. It's cold right now. I cannot wear a jacket from the West Coast and go to the East Coast. That jacket mm. will not keep me warm on the East Coast. That is a pretend jacket. Mm. <laughs> Trust me. You don't know that until you bought a pretend <laughs> jacket in California and went to the East Coast. Even if it says wool, it's some pretend wool. It's not the New York wool. There's a whole other wool where it's really cold than it is in California, because we don't need that kind of wool here. We don't. Very rarely do I wear a jacket, and very rare, rarely do I wear close-toed shoes right? We just don't have that kind of weather here. So you get what you pay for. So when I wore my pretend jacket to New York, I froze my booty off. I had to literally give that, put that jacket in my suitcase and go buy a real jacket. So when I go to the East Coast, so I have my East Coast jackets and I have my pretend jackets called California jackets. <laughs> i got what I paid for, <laughs> a pretend jacket for for 70, you know, our, our the coldest we get here is like 60 degrees we're like we're freezing
2: <laughs> it's the same here in texas it it's dropped down to the 30s here before so we're kind of in between we have some real jackets some pretend jackets you know <laughs> right?
3: We don't, but, know how to, we don't know how to dress in that weather what do you mean layers someone say layers i'm like
2: layers <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for using that analogy thank you very much because as entrepreneurs, we want to hire friends and family, not understanding or not realizing that they may not fit. They're only going to grow so far and, and in personal experience and, and in any business experience, like you said earlier, you, you have to understand that you're going to lose some people and right. the people that you lose will be those friends or those family members. And if they're working with you, like you said, there's going to be the self sabotage. There's going to be the the competition. And so as entrepreneurs, it's extremely important for us to understand that you can love everybody, but you can't take everybody with you. Right? Not if they're not if their personal development isn't where it needs to be. You know, Antonio tells us all the time: we have to grow. You you can't stay stagnant where you are. Your growth has to be consistent. As as much as the business grows, like you said you have to grow with your leader because if you don't, it becomes an issue of the self-sabotage, the, the, your, your level of thinking has reached its, its roof. And now it's time to go to the next level, but you're still stuck here. And it's like, okay, yeah. I, <laughs> right. you know, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. Cause that's very important for any, for any business as a CEO, as a as a CEO, and, and you were saying uh, earlier, how your your mother you had to you had to figure something out, you know, because you had to take care of the kids. How have you, in that growth, how have you balanced the the entrepreneur and being the parent? Mm.
3: So I learned early on uh, that it was quality, not quantity, of time with my children. So I went to this parenting class. I, my kids were in this seminar, personal development. I started, girl, I started them young. <laughs> like, you are not going to have my childhood. <laughs> and so while the kids were learning, they were learning integrity-based conversations. They were learning how to be responsible. They were learning how to you know, speak their voice. It was, it was a very powerful seminar. And then they took all the parents in another room. And they said, okay, so we want the working parents on this side of the room. We want the stay-at-home parents on this side of the room. So they divided us in half. They said, okay, working parents, what are the conversations your children have? I'm like, They want me to be like Mrs. Key's mom and stay home and make cookies all the time. And then the the parents that stayed home. said they want to be like Susie's mom and be pretty and have a job and show up in high heels. And they don't know what I do. Right. But they want her to be her. And we, we both sat there and realized, like, they both want the other side of the fence. So it didn't matter if Mrs. Key stayed home. Johnny wanted me. It didn't matter that my kids wanted me to be Mrs. Key's. Right. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, so it's hilarious. I, it was the biggest epiphany for me. to I'm like, it's about quality, quality of time with your family. Like my, my values are my faith first, my family second, my career third. And so I know that if I'm not right in those three areas, if I'm not praying, if I'm not humble, if you meditating, whatever you want, I call God, right. To guide me to have that strong belief. And if I'm not putting my family Second, like, what do I, I am providing for, work is providing for my family, but I can't be all about work, right? I have to be able to look at, when do I spend time? So it's in my calendar. That sounds really silly, but I have time with my children, time with my grandchildren, right? Sundays are our family day, right? At least one or two days a week, I'm spending time with my daughters, right? And being, you know, now we're in a different relationship, they're grown, how do you be a mom to a grown daughter? Right, to be able to influence her, but stay out of her business. Where's right? <laughs> the line? We do family vacation. Now, I'm happy to pay for the family vacation because they're young and fabulous and broke. So <laughs> let me put that into our family structure so that we can have that time together and create those memories for my family. So that's incredibly important to me. And everything I do is for my family and who my children are. I didn't leave my children with babysitters. I took them with me. Like if I was speaking and they could be at that event, they would be in the back of the room coloring or doing homework, right? They early on, they, we used to have these binders that we would sell and they would pack the binders. And so they, they earned money, right? They earned money inside of my business. So I, I always took them along and they learned how to negotiate (laughs) with me, right? They learned the value of a dollar, you know, I remember my youngest one just crying. We have to work for everything. So and so gets an allowance. I'm like, whatever. I have to work for everything too. So you don't get allowance. You got to earn that money. <laughs> and so, it's I. They both really have high respect for what we went through, right? From being a single mom to creating a multi-million dollar business, because they've been part of it. And as women, they're both huge contributors to their community. Right, my oldest daughter went to Harvard and Wharton. I say I did two because I paid for it. <laughs> she has the real degrees. I, I just have that PhD. Right. And so she's making a difference with women and finance and you know, really proving herself in that market. And then my youngest one is a medical aesthetician. You know, she's got two babies at home and going to school to be a nurse. So that entrepreneur spirit of it's it's not enough, and I want to make it better for my family, right? So it's amazing to see who there is. Women now, based on I felt guilty when I was on airplane. I felt guilty that I didn't spend enough time with them. I felt guilty I wasn't at every game. But what I did do, girl, is I took a picture every time I was at that game. I'm taking a picture. I was there. See, I got, I got evidence. Proof. <laughs> I got evidence. Okay, <laughs> you know how kids are. You need the evidence. They're like, you weren't there. Uh-huh. Let's go on the scrapbook. Like, I'm going to show you. I was. I was at the game. So I think we as parents have to let ourselves off the hook and to go, what, how am I spending time with my children? Am I giving them the values? Am I giving them life skills? You know, am I giving them financial skills? Like look at what you didn't get in your own youth and go, how do I be a better parent? Our parents did great as dysfunctional as they were. We did great as dysfunctional as we are. (laughs) I love it now. My daughter's a mom and she's like, I got it. I don't know how you did it, mom. I don't know how. And I'm like, oh, finally, it's coming back around. <laughs> the gratitude. <laughs> she goes, you built a business and you were a single mom. And how did you do all that? I'm like, I don't know. I had to. I, I just didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs, we choose, right? I didn't have a choice. I didn't have someone to back me up. I didn't have someone going, oh, I'll pay the rent. No, no, if I have the money for the rent, the rent didn't get paid. Right? If I have money for the school payment, it didn't get paid. So there's a there's a fire under you. And not that I want anyone to feel that fire and, and feel that way and not have support, but it does create something when you have that back door, that back door going, well, I don't have to work that hard. Well, let's play like you do. Like, let's put something at stake, right? Whether you're at stakeness is, you know, a family vacation. I have a client, Nikki Clue, who was interior designer, and she was her own best customer. <laughs> she made no money. <laughs> and her and her husband was a neurosurgeon, so she didn't have to make money. Right. Mm-hmm. And she raised three boys and she didn't have to, but she realized she wanted to. And she, all of a sudden, we put a goal in place. She wanted to take her family on a European vacation that she paid for all by herself. And her husband didn't pay for anything because he had always provided. And so I remember when she sent me pictures of, we're on a European vacation that I paid for all by myself through my business. That was the goal. That was her why. Like, let's not have why survival. Let's have why be something fun and exciting and sexy. We're going to make it up, make up something good, but make it up the struggle, right? We're addicted <laughs> to struggle as entrepreneurs. This is hard. Well, let's make it fun. What can you do to make your business fun and make an impact for your children in the world?
2: Thank you. Thank you for that so much. I have had the pleasure of interviewing mothers who who were single, who had to, you know, figure it out. <laughs> and I've, and I always ask that question because I always want to know, like, how did you do it? How did you do it? And I always, I always get that, that, that same answer. You know, you, you involve them, but make time and it, and like you said quality over quantity is not how much time you spend with them but the quality of the time that you spend with them so for my mothers out there who are entrepreneurs please understand that it's the quality that you spend with them not the quantity and yeah. and like you said give yourself a break <laughs> you know so my my next your your new book can you let us know when your new book is coming out? You told us about a chapter in your book. So can you let us know when your new book, Power Your Profits releases, where can we go to find it and give us a little information about it?
3: Oh, I would love to, thanks for asking. I'm so excited about this. This is my 10th book, which I'm very excited about. Yay. And it's the first time with a major publisher. So it was Simon & Schuster, which is very exciting. And so you can find the book on Power your Profits PowerYourProfitsBooks.com. PowerYourProfitsBook.com. And you can pre-order now. Comes out May 5th. But if you buy it now, you get about $5,000 worth of bonuses. So we're doing a five-day challenge. You get access to my cash calculator and six of the tools that are in the book. Right? So six tools that are money-making tools. So that One's a base price worksheet. One's an assessment on your whole business. And they have little videos that go with it. So you're not just looking at a sheet like, what do I do with this? <laughs> I don't have a book, but I have this full sheet. What do I do with it? So I made a little video that goes with each one to explain what it is. So it's about $5,000 worth of bonuses, you know, just for supporting me. I want to give back to you, right? I believe that if, if the law of reciprocity, right, I come bearing gifts. And part of my gift is when you invest in me, I invest in you. Yay. So everyone, power your
2: profits. Booksplural.com. And we'll also put it in the show notes so you can just click the link and easily get easy access to pre order your book. Now, Miss Susie, this is a question that I ask everyone before, uh, before we end the interview. And you've, and I always say you've already been discussing it throughout the interview. But my question is to you what do you believe has been your true secret to success?
3: Mmm, that's juicy. Um, I would say for me, the hunger can make a difference. Mm. Um, I started this journey in each business that I had because I eat, like when I started as a hairdresser, I wanted to make people beautiful and feel good. Right. And then once I figured out how to run, you know, do a quarter of a million dollars in that industry, I wanted, I wanted to teach my community to do that. And then once I did that, you know, went into the entrepreneurial space. I'm like, let me show you how to do this, right? So it's been the lessons that have been the hardest for me to learn are the things that I love to teach because I learned so much from it and I never want anyone to have that experience. You might have another lesson, but you won't have that, right? Or if you do fall, somebody's there to pick you up. So I think our gift from God is our life. Our gift back to God is what we make of our life. And so this is my gift back to God is being able to serve my community, help other men and women grow their businesses and their financial success.
2: That is amazing. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today with Miss Susie Carter, the Profit Coach. It has been a true pleasure speaking with you today, Miss Susie. Um, please let everyone know where they can reach out to you
3: awesome so on all my social media handles and my website is my name susie carter c-a-r-d as in dollar e-r d as in denaro, d as in dollar <laughs> and that's susie s-u-s-i-e uh c-a-r-d-e-r so love to support you love to help you anything i can do to help you really start living your legacy because that's what this is about
2: awesome thank you miss susie we will make sure for our listening audience that They'll be able to get your book and be able to reach out to you. Everything will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us for the Secret to Success podcast. And as our, our CEO, Mr. Antonio T. Smith Jr. always says, you can plant better, you can dominate. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ms. Susie. Thank
1: you. I'm not sure if you already know this, but you're already absolutely perfect, you're already absolutely great, and you're already living in massive abundance. The most important things that you have is not what you have, it's not what you do, it's what you know How do we take everything that everyone before you has done and how do we take all of that and then put it in your head so you can leave a legacy for your family? My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. 32 years ago I lived in a trash can. That's right. From 6 to 14 I had no running water, no electricity, no anything and somehow I'm in the top 1% today Go ahead, dominate your reality. I can't wait to send you my book. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to have you as someone that's been on the journey with me. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plan better. You can
4: dominate.
5: Our next guest is the CEO of a Facebook competitor. It is called MeWe. It is a next-gen social platform with a focus on privacy. The company has surpassed five and a half million members. CEO Mark Weinstein with us now in a Fox Business exclusive. Welcome to the program, Mark. Glad to have you with us. So, why the focus on privacy? Are taking advantage of Facebook's public stumbles?
6: Well, Deirdre, I'm one of the guys who invented social networks, and it was never, social networks were never invented to be what we call now surveillance capitalism, which is what Facebook is. Their members are not customers to serve, their data to sell and data to target. So it really, MeWe is a full, fully, you know, fledged. A social network with all the features people love, the privacy is our privacy bill of rights. We don't sell your data, we don't target you, we don't mess up your news feeds. We have a freemium business model so everything you love is free and you can, you know, traditional capitalism, great capitalism, you can spend money on in-app purchases or you can just enjoy the free service. There's nothing, you know, you can't be targeted for your vote or your opinion. Um, It's social media the way it was meant to be
5: so then mark honestly how do you make money because we all know when we use facebook it's free for the user but we know because we are not paying that we become the product so that facebook is gathering data on That's us right. and i think some people even say facebook isn't a social company it's a data company but then how do you make money are people paying your company for subscriptions
6: no no it's very important me is free forever but now we know that the freemium model works, and Me-We is, we're doing great with revenue. We have 2,800 free emojis, but we've got great custom emojis, custom stickers. So live voice, and live videos, for those. A pay option. Right, and, and live voice, live video, secret encrypted chat. Uh, MeWe pages are $1.99 a month, but you reach 100% of your followers all the time. So for $24 a month, you don't have to boost anything. So if you have 500,000 followers or 5,000 followers or 10 million followers, you reach everybody. At Facebook, you reach 5%. You've got to pay to boost, and then their algorithm messes the whole thing up anyhow. So MeWe is really true, pure social media. It's social networking done right, and people love it. We're growing organically with no ads and and we're not even marketing MeWe and we're growing by tens of thousands of people every day.
5: So Mark we have some stats about your company as you're speaking five and a half million users right now which is impressive but how are you going to keep growing that because one telephone is not so fun, two telephones work, basically you need more people to sign up.
6: Well people are signing up Deirdre every day and here's the beautiful thing about MeWe, so we also have some major, major deals that are not announced with some huge influencers worldwide. But even without them, we grew 405% last year. We're targeting, you know, we actually target we'll have over 30 million members by the end of this year, over 150 million by the end of next year. We're growing twice as fast already this year. And people also move in groups. This is really, we have never seen something like this. So constituencies move to people. So many people are censored. or. blocked or violated on Facebook and they all move to MeWe. So the growth is fantastic.
5: Quick question, Mark. You say Facebook as an aside should not be broken up. Why is that?
6: Listen, we compete with Facebook great. Snap competes with Facebook. Twitter competes with Facebook. Breaking up Facebook doesn't solve the problem that they are a surveillance company transacting data. By the way, also transacting data from non-members. They track all of us. Remember, the Cambridge Analytica CEO said they had data on 230 million adult, really every adult in America. Now, Facebook's new rules that you talked about today, that's a bunch of BS. Facebook has had rules the whole time. They break their rules all the time. That's the problem. Rules of Facebook mean nothing.
5: Mark? we thank you very much for the time thanks for joining us congratulations on the growth thank you Deidre I just
1: rapper out and I'm richer than your favorite rapper and I'm both in an MF like I'm David Banner I'm a pit bull with no leash listen to me growl the game is full of Gilligan so I became thirsty power I kill rap like Beyonce with the swag of her husband and I'm stronger than 10 girls that's dragging your cousin I'm bugging like that murderous hornet I hear about them. rappers cluttered OCD I had to clear it out I dare they keep up I'm on some YouTube same boat vibe they jumping out their skin like they sand me so sigh. i'm a nice guy but i'm extremely obsessive somebody holding my grammy i'm extremely possessive the greatest rapper alive ain't me by a long shot but i just pulled up to the street and it's a long block and i'm breaking you boys up like alarm clocks while
4: blowing the game up like
1: a porn clock
4: when the pandemic began i had the biggest problem in the world not making money